Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Sunday morning. Good morning to you and welcome to the first day WIBC Sunday Magazine show. We're brought to you by Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips. They're real estate consultants at Crossroads Collective at Compass Realty, CrossroadsCollectiveHomes.com. We'll talk to them in just a little bit. We got a, we got a sponsor. This is cool. We've got a sponsor. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Oh, goodness. We're going to uh, great lengths to make that happen. It's terrific and we're glad that you're here with us today. I'm Terry Stacy. That's Denny Smith. Good morning, dear one. Good morning to you. And Kylan's back. Little Kylan's here. Hello. Good morning. (laughs) Good morning, Indianapolis. She's like the good witch. Just like Robin Williams in Good Morning Vietnam. (laughs) That. But I always hear that voice and it goes right to Glenda the good witch in The Wizard of Oz. Mm -hmm. You know, she welcomes everybody. One of, one of my favorite things from it. from uh, Broadway was Wicked. I just thought Me that too. that was the greatest story. Loved it. While it's yeah. not coming to Indianapolis, it is in Louisville. It's in their season for 2023-24. Wouldn't you love to be in that one, Kylan? Oh, man, would I? What's your dream? Because Kylan is also an actress. Can you sing? Are you a singer? Well, I don't think it's my top of the triple threat. You're singing, acting, dancing. Mm-hmm. I would say it's closer to the bottom, but I grew up in choir and I've yeah. sang solos and all, so I would say so. It's still there. It's a pretty neat play. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd... I love it. I love it. I love it. I really do. Uh, and I wish it was coming back. And Terry Lynn, I'm looking over your shoulder and I see sunshine. Sunshine is here. It's hey. going to be a gorgeous day. It really is. We might have a little thunderstorm or two come uh, kind of ripping through here maybe later this afternoon when we look at what's happened in Mississippi and Alabama. Oh, isn't that terrible? It's devastating. It but is just true They said that tornado popped up within seconds. It was just going to meander through, and then all of a sudden it jumped to, like, what do they say, a, a level four? Uh, yeah. It was terrible. An EF4 that went through, and some of those those places are, they're just gone. Some of those little places, uh, Silver City, I think, is one of them. Um, is, you that, know, is that the one where the mayor came out and said, yeah. my town is gone? Uh, it, There's a couple poor, of them that guy. are just gone, and yeah. And uh, watching the meteorologist, we've been seeing some clips of the meteorologist that, as he was describing, you know, it's coming, it's coming. And actually, he bent his head down and he prayed, you know, for those people. Mm. And um, Chris Davis, who was our our former WIBC, he's from Mississippi now, too. And I think he's in Jackson, Mississippi, just about 60 miles away. But I've been watching him on Facebook, too, to see the pictures he's been posting. President Biden did announce earlier this morning, in case you didn't see it, he did an emergency declaration of just, hey, we need financing here. Put your funding here. And so that was nice to see that hopefully they'll be getting a little bit of extra help. It, uh, if you do want to help, remember our friends at the Salvation Army. They are awesome. SalvationArmyUSA.org. Also, the Red Cross doing their part as well. You can certainly send your money that way, too. And I'm sure it's RedCross.org uh, if you'd like to to help out in any way you can. I'm sure, you know, we are so cool as Hoosiers. We are so amazing that I'm sure that churches and and those that uh, have friends in Mississippi will start gathering goods and, and non-perishable items and water, mostly water, and start taking things down too. So we'll keep watching the news and, and seeing uh, what's It's always the people, Terry, when the hurricane came in down in New Orleans, it was really the volunteer groups that really got New Orleans back truth. on its face. It That's wasn't, the truth. It wasn't the, the government, but... 
Uh, that's right. I mean, they are the first ones to jump in a, a truck and, and grab some stuff and go. Um, so people helping people. That's an organization, by the way, People Helping People. Yeah. It's our friend uh, Jeff Cardwell. He's a part of People Helping People. Uh, yesterday, it is March 26th, but yesterday was Medal of Honor Day. And the Medal of Honor is America's highest award for military valor, as, as most of you know. But just wanted to remind you that we have the most beautiful uh, Medal of Honor Memorial along White River. White River State Park. It's in White River State Park. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And if you ever get a chance, it's it's just glorious. We have 65 that are still living Medal of Honor recipients. And uh, if you ever get a chance at White River State Park, it is a beautiful memorial. I know a lot of people, there was a ceremony. Everything's cut earlier. into glass. It is so... 27 of those curved yeah. glass walls with all of the names. And it's just a beautiful, peaceful spot. We have some great spots, but our memorials, our war memorials, are just amazing. I remember in Boy Scouts, we said that they were uh, Medal of Honor winners. And and the mm-hmm. guys would come to the troops, and they were very kind. They said, no, I didn't win anything. Yeah. I, this was, I'm a recipient. Yeah. And there's a difference, for sure. I've learned it, too, yeah. by using the wrong word. Oh, okay. <laughs> we See, were, I really did, and that's we how I learned. Early. Yeah, right. told early, and that's how I learned. But it is a beautiful, beautiful spot. It always reminds me to say welcome home to the veterans, because we have veterans coming home every day. You know how we feel about the veterans, and, and, and but they're coming home every day. And uh, so, welcome home. I always like to say welcome home to our veterans, right? Amen. Okay. Also, happy belated birthday to Army Lieutenant, since we're talking about that. Army Lieutenant Aileen Clunan. Clunan was in her 20s when she began working as a physical therapist in World War II. Um, she turned 100 years old yesterday here in Indianapolis, wow. in the Indianapolis area. So, happy birthday, belated birthday to Aileen Clunan, turning 100 years old. She says the secret to, being, to having a happy life is to be grateful. That's Isn't it. that the truth? I agree just be grateful. With that. Every minute you have, just be grateful for it and uh, find the good in people. There's always something there, she said to WTHR. So, anyway, happy belated birthday. You want to sing, Denny? Uh, no. Do you want me to sing? No, you don't want me to sing. But I w- hate. I saw this magnet fishing, Terry Lynn. I yes. thought of you in your pay lake, but. Yes. You know, and? you gotta go. You gotta go to a river where there's people dropping stuff in there because it's in a regular not, lake, right. you're not fishing, fishing right. for the fish. You're not using a magnet. Because when I first saw that, Denny, I thought, Oh no, 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 no! <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing to my fish? Dropping no, no, it's the magnet in. And you're tr- in. you're fishing for junk that has fallen yeah. in the water. I I think that is so cool. In fact, I went. Out, I use magnets when you fish tape through. You tie a magnet onto a string. And then you drag it along in drywall, and it will go everywhere you pull it as long oh. as you. Yeah, and that's how you can fish a ta- fish a wire. But when they start oh. talking about fishing with magnets, I'm thinking, yeah, because we used to throw treble hooks, big treble hooks. But the thing with that is they get hung up. Oh, I magnets bet they do. won't get hung up, and you get it. You put a rod and you put a knot on it with a rope, throw it in there, and just start pulling it back. I love that because the more I watch, you know, Duck Dynasty, they're all treasure hunting now. And treasure hunting sounds like the next big thing for me is really looking for treasure because we've got treasure. Also, I'm also excited. I would love to look for dinosaur bones. And I bet Denny, I bet out in your neck of the woods, honestly, and your big amount of land that you have, I'll bet you there's a woolly mammoth under there. No, no. I bet you. I I I want to come and start digging. Kylan's coming with me. I keep looking for arrowheads. Arrowheads, another one? My dad would look for caves. He would look for little sinkholes and be like, I bet there's a cave under here. If we dig far enough, there's a cave. Mm -hmm. You think that's true? I have no idea, but it was fun. Have you ever gone caving? 
it's a very humbling oh. thing because you can be in an open cavern and all of a sudden it comes down it's a little bitty hole and you've got a headlamp or a flashlight and you say am i going through that and then you get have to drag yourself through water i'm not much of a caver anymore no me either uh, but i used to be fearless I mean, I loved caves. I think you're still pretty fearless. I don't know about that, but I do want to come and look at your property and do a little treasure hunting. You can go swimming in the pond. (laughs) I got a pond. All right, you guys, uh, we are going to take a quick break. I'm not sure what's coming up because I didn't look at my schedule. I know. Oh, oh, we're going to touch hush money. (gasps) Hush money in the news. Have you heard? (laughs) Hush money in the news. But it's very interesting and things that you can do, too, to protect yourself when it comes to some forms you might receive. Disclosure forms that you might receive Ooh. at the end of your your tenure at um, a company. We, Whenever we uh, buy businesses and stuff, we have non-disclosure agreements, NDAs, yep. because the worst thing that can happen is you start getting into everybody's business and you see that there's some bad things, you're duty-bound to keep your mouth shut. You can walk away from the deal, and the same thing with them, but non-disclosure agreements, pretty close to hush money. Hush money, coming up. Hush, hush. Right here on the first day. Brought to you by Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips, real estate consultants at Crossroads Collective. At Compass Realty, crossroadscollectivehomes.com. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Terry Stacy, along with Denny Smith, Kylan Talley. Kylan's got uh, an interesting guest coming up in the next half hour. It's what? Ice Cream Man? Yes. There was a film that was doing a little filming in Columbus, Indiana this last week. So we're going to talk to the director of that. Yeah. Now, this ice is cream. not the scary Ice Cream Man. There was a no. ice cream that, that was a real, it's yeah. not the one with clowns and scary mm-hmm. stuff. This is a really neat story all the way from the Netherlands. It's pretty cool. So that's coming up. Also, Denny Smith with Investing Sense. But first, Hush Money's been in the news lately, in case you've been listening or watching. And uh, joining us now is Andy Trusevich. He's a board-certified labor and employment lawyer with decades of experience. Andy, I'm Andy. Yeah, Andy. (laughs) Thank you for joining us this morning. Listen, first of all, Hush Money deals, they're not illegal, are they? It wasn't until February, and when I, even though that's sort of the term that's going around the hush money, what was going on, which makes sense for myriad of reasons, but companies would say, here's a severance offer of three months, four months, five months of pay, plus continued health benefits and outplacement services usually. But in exchange for that, we want you to sign this agreement, release any claims, have a non-disparagement clause, meaning you're not going to go on social media, Facebook, Instagram, anything else, and badmouth us as a company, and you're not going to talk about this agreement, the, the amount of money you get. And in exchange for that, we're going to give you the severance amount, that the health benefits and the outplacement services. It's a quid pro quo. And then last month on February 21st, the NLRB, in, in a split decision, reversed 2020 decision that said these very clauses were legal to have. Now the NLRB says, because three Democrats got on and took majority under Biden, Mm -hmm. so the three Democrats said, no, the three Republicans that said that in 2020 in two different cases, they were just wrong. So in one sentence, they said they're wrong. Then the general counsel, who has been nothing but a government Uh, NLRB worker her entire life and has worked for unions, issued a memo just within the last two days that said, 
it clarified it and said, not only are they illegal, but they're retroactive. So even if you signed them five years ago, they're still illegal today. And then she gave a list of things that she recommends, and it's up to the board to accept her recommendations, which, of course, they will. So to answer your questions, non-disparagement and confidentiality clauses are really, even though she says you can have them if they're narrowly tailored, the reason I don't like the decision is because I represent both companies and individuals. Mm -hmm. And this rule does not apply to executives, CEOs, COOs, the vice presidents. They're all going to get their golden parachutes. It doesn't affect them one bit. This rule affects the average Joe and Susie employee who live paycheck to paycheck. And we all know in the tech industry, tens of thousands of employees are being laid off. And what's going to happen is there are more non-unionized companies than unionized. If you work for a unionized company, Mm -hmm. then you're under a CBA, what they call a collective bargaining agreement that tells what's going to happen throughout your employment. If you work for a non-unionized company, severance payments are not uh, required. And so if you're the CEO of a company, you're going to pay me money, but I'm still going to be able to talk bad about you and talk on social media and talk about the agreement. I'm just going to recommend we not have severance payments and think about a couple or significant others that work at the same company, get laid off on the same day, and they don't get any severance payments to bridge them to the next job. They don't get continued health care. They don't get outplacement services. That's the reason I disagree with this decision. It hurts the very employees that the general counsel and the NLRB are supposed to protect but they're so political, they could care less about the average employee. All they want to do is promote unionization, and that's what this decision is, is there to do. So what I thought might be a win for the average employee is not. It's not a win, because if you look at the realities of yeah. it, let's say you have another job. If you're done working, fine, badmouth your previous employer all you want. But if you are looking to get another job because you need to put food on the table and you need another job, Do you really think it makes sense to go on social media and badmouth your previous employer and say how bad they were? Because your new job, when you apply, recruiters scrub social media. And if they see that I have badmouthed every previous employer that I've worked for, they're going to go, what's he going to say if he leaves here? Let's move on to the next applicant. Whether you agree with that or not, I've been doing this 31 years. And that's the realities of it. If you sign these agreements, you can still file complaints with government agencies. And the NLRB doesn't tell you that in their decision, that if you sign non-disclosure or confidentiality agreements, you can still file with the EOC. You can still file with the NLRB. So it's just a bad decision. It affects the very people that it's supposed to protect. By the way, this is Andy Trusevich, and he is a board-certified labor and employment lawyer with decades, as you mentioned, of experience. And people are moving around from company to company. These non-disclosure agreements that you've been talking about, what are your recommendations when you're looking through that agreement? So that's a great question because there, there's it's two issues. When you start a job, almost everybody, and, and this makes logical sense, that you won't release confidential proprietary information, meaning if you work for a a company and how much they purchase from vendors, 
pricing list, customer list. In other words, proprietary information. That's what you are agreeing to when you start your job. What the NLRB is talking about, you will only get these when you lose your job, whether it's because you've been coming in late 20 times in the last 40 days or just a reduction in force or we're cutting costs or we're going to have a, a mass layoff. That's when you're going to be presented with, we're offering you a severance payments and additional health care and maybe outplacement services. But in exchange, you have to sign this agreement. And usually in those agreements, there will be two clauses, a non-disparagement and a confidentiality agreement. And that's the point when you are losing your job that you have to make a decision. Do I want to sign this agreement and get the money or would I rather go on social media and just badmouth my employer? So that's the decision that employees have to make. And my advice would be, and what's going to happen is, I, I believe a lot of severance plans are going to be taken off the table because of this decision. But when you start a job, you may want to ask, if I am terminated without cause or I'm laid off or whatever, do you offer severance plans? So what does that consist of? Can I see the agreements? And I can tell you companies that are continuing to offer severance plans are going to take those clauses out at least for now, I think somebody will challenge this. I think a federal judge will enjoin the NLRB from enforcing this because I believe it's uh, unlawful. The NLRB will continue to fight it to the Court of Appeals, to the U.S. Supreme Court, and they'll lose at the Supreme Court, just like they did in D.R. Horton. They spent millions of dollars of taxpayer money fighting that uh, D.R. Horton case all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. And they lost, and they don't care. They don't care if they lose this one either. Andy Trusevich, thank you so much for spending time with us this morning. Andy Trusevich, board-certified labor and employment lawyer and has had decades of experience. I learned something. I learned a lot. And <laughs> I I got to say that, you know, non-disclosure agreements are used all the time in business. And I agree with him that it's the little guys that are going to get hurt. Yeah, I, I do too. After really understanding what he had to say, I didn't hear much about this when this came down in February. But uh, anyway, grateful for the conversation. It is 1028. We have 45 degrees and sunny skies in downtown Indianapolis. Some Kylan? top trending stories for you before we go over into Fox News. The world's first 3D printed rocket made some new heights for aero research. <laughs> run, some of the 3D. Ro- it's all right, Denny. I see what that, you did there. New heights. That's all it takes for you? All right. Well, good. I'm happy. I'm happy to hear it. Okay. Some rockets in the past have had 3D printed parts, but never like this rocket, which was made almost entirely from 3D printed parts. I I don't understand this kind of science. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. When I hear about 3D printed things, I've heard about guns. You can make them. I mean, I I don't understand it. They can make food out of them. I saw a key lime pie made out of a 3D printer. They were starting to 3D print some organs, too, to see if transplanting 3D printed stuff could could be the next the new big heart, move the in next science instead of having kidney. to take some yeah exactly you think don't know where god, that's gonna go you think but. that's how god does it i don't know yeah but wow okay I, something about the 3d printed rocket it uh, it didn't make orbit but still with it just getting up in flying is a great great, a great thing step. for them one it, small step this rocket was nicknamed good luck have fun i whenever <laughs> i'm talking to my friends that's how i end sentences good luck have fun Good luck, really? have fun. So and that's what I this rocket was called. <laughs> See, a little it crashed bit of a and burned, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, I used stop. to tell my clients as they walked out of the office, stay out of jail. 
the end of that. That's better than good luck. Have fun. All right. Have fun. Have fun. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Some other trending news. Scotty Morris, the 14-year-old Indiana teen, he was found safe after missing for over a week. So I'm happy that he's back in good safety. There's something strange about that one, Kai. I I can't get my arms on it. Just a few minutes away from home. I know. Something. And all those people all week long that were looking along the waterway, the Mississippi, they were looking in the woods, and he was just, just right down the street. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting story. Very interesting. I know he went in child protective custody for a minute. I'm not sure if yeah. he's still there, but that was the latest I heard. I am happy he's safe. And then finally trending, downtown Columbus, Indiana, and other Indianapolis areas became a movie set, like I mentioned earlier, just this month for an upcoming short film. And we're going to talk to the director for that after this break, after Fox News. Cool. It's 10.30. On 93 WIBC. (laughs) Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Ten thirty-seven. On a beautiful Sunday morning, Terry Stacy, along with Denny Smith and Kyla Talley. Congratulations to our IHSAA high school boys champions. Ben Davis went 33-0. and Unbelievable. Pretty cool, huh? And the coach was on a state uh, winning championship team, too. It, 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 I just heard him after the thing, and he just was, he's my type of coach. And the kids loved him, that's for sure. Congratulations to Ben Davis. Also, Indianapolis Lutheran wins 1A title. Uh, Garen Catholic lost yesterday to Northwood in the 3A. Yeah, that was an overtime, too. It was an overtime. And Fort Wayne Blackwood, congratulations to you with that 2A championship title. We've got a guest, Kylan. Yes, we have the writer, director, and one of the producers of The Ice Cream Man, a short film about the Holocaust. It was filmed partially in Columbus, Indiana, right in our backyard. We'll have him describe it. I think that's going to be the best thing. Rob Munyo, he joins us now. Rob, thank you for joining us on First Day. Thank you, guys. I'm really happy to be here. He's calling from the Netherlands right now, so thank you for also dealing with the time zone. So what time is it, 4.30? Yeah, it's 4.30 in the afternoon here, and it's one of the rare sunny days that we've seen recently, so it's really (laughs) nice. We're super thankful for our sunny days, too. Rob, will you describe what The Ice Cream Man, your short film, is about? It's a true story about the Holocaust. Um, My wife is a United States diplomat, and when we found out that we were moving to the Netherlands, I just Googled the closest beach because I love the beaches. (laughs) And I found out, (laughs) you know, as one does. Sure. Um, And I found out that a beach about 15 minutes away from where we live is where the Nazis summarily executed over 500 um, resistance fighters um, during World War II in the Netherlands. And as I dug in a little bit more, I found out that the first person that they executed was a gentleman by the name of Ernst Kahn, who happened to be Jewish, which I thought was a little odd because at that time, um, most Jewish people were were running for their lives or trying to hide. Um, And then I found out that um, he was the most popular man in Amsterdam at the time because he owned an ice cream parlor. And it all led to this incredible story where I discovered that one of the most infamous Nazis of World War II, a gentleman by the name of Klaus Barbie, um, who went on to become known as the Butcher of Lyon um, for how he tortured people. Um, he was only 28 years old at the time, um, a second lieutenant um, in Amsterdam, and he kind of targeted um, Ernst because Ernst was popular and was, was Jewish. 
Um, and it's a really um, amazing, sad, hopefully ultimately um, hopeful story about what you have to do when evil darkens your door. Um, you have choices to make, and sometimes those choices are painful and sometimes they cost you, but sometimes they can lead to tremendous things. In the case of Ernst Kahn, um, after he chose to resist, after he chose to fight back against the Nazis, it ultimately led to over 300,000 um, citizens of Amsterdam rising up and going on strike for over three days in open defiance of the Nazis. And that was the first time that ever, that ever happened during World War, World War II. Um, and it was the lar- largest demonstration. Robert, I found that so inspiring because that was sort of a Schindler's List in reverse. Instead of the Germans or the native Germans looking after the Jews, the Germans absolutely uh, were taken care of, uh, taking care of the Jews themselves as business owners. And it was really heart- heartbreaking how it ended, but it was really inspiring to know that 300,000 took the streets. It was wonderful. Yeah, it, and, and I think you misspoke when you said Germans. You, you met Dutch. Is, Dutch, is, I'm right? sorry. I mean, yes, sir. That's right, yeah. It, and it, it really was, and it's something that, that Dutch people are very proud of to this day. Every year in February, the event has become known as the February Strike, and they commemorate that, commemorate that every year. Um, and um, they do it right on the spot where the Nazis, um, in the course of all of these events, um, rounded up uh, 402 innocent Jewish men who just were out, you know, shopping in an open air market, and took them away. Um, of those 402 that were taken, only two survived the war. Um, the rest were lost in the concentration camps. Um, so it is. It's 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 kind of an epic little short film that we mm-hmm. decided to try to put together. Um, and um, it's a real. It's a really an amazing story and it's become very very personal to me because as I've been doing this I've met um, a lot of survivors of the Holocaust um, a lot of children of survivors of the Holocaust for example Alex Kaur whose mom was Eva Kaur who started the uh, Candles Holocaust Museum in Terre Haute Um, he's become a a close friend of mine now and it's it's really just opened my eyes to a lot of things that I frankly didn't know about until I found out that I was moving close to this beach I'm grateful that you're taking this ability to then tell this story. And you have a lot of interesting crew and cast as well helping you tell the story. Can you talk on some of your cast and crew who are helping with this project? Absolutely. Um, My friend Noah Emmerich, um, who's a fairly well-known American actor, um, he starred in uh, the television show The Americans, I think for eight seasons or something like that on FX. Yeah. Um, He was in The Truman Show with, with Jim Carrey. Um, the Walking Dead. He's been on mm-hmm. The Walking Dead. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he stars as Ernst Kahn, so he's he's our lead. Um, a great young actor named Nick Pyatch, um from Cincinnati is um, playing Klaus Barbie. He's just amazing. That that guy is definitely going to be a star. Um, two local people um, that live in nearby nearby in Bloomington, um, Gretchen Hall and her husband Fre- Freddie Arsenault, play two key roles. Um, they're married in real life, and they. They live in Bloomington with their two kids, um, um, but they don't play a married couple in the movie. But it was it was really great to find such amazing local talent, and that goes across the board for our cast and crew. I, I I've been so happy. Um, I lived in Los Angeles for 35 years and came up um, started the stuntman, and I've been really really impressed with 
how amazing the local talent has been, both on the cast and crew. It is 1045 here on the first day. Uh, we, I'm wondering, Kylan, do you want to take a break? And, and Rob, would you be able, I know we're, we're talking to you in the Netherlands. <laughs> I don't know why that, <laughs> it makes me nervous. Uh, do, but do you have, a, can you t- wait and let us have a quick break? Because when we come back, I want to talk to you about how all of this transpired in Columbus, Indiana, how we got to that. To. Can you wait just a couple minutes here while we take a quick break? Absolutely. I appreciate it so very much. Again, this is the first day brought to you by Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips, real estate consultants with Crossroads Collective at Compass Realty, crossroadscollectivehomes.com. It's 1045, 93 WIBC. It's 1048 on a beautiful Sunday morning here in downtown Indianapolis. 45 degrees right now. It's going to get a little warmer. Maybe some storms coming through later this afternoon, so be aware of that as you plan for your afternoon. Uh, it's Terry Stacy along with Denny Smith. Kylan Talley is also here. She's brought us this fantastic guest, and it really is about, well, K- Kylan, you take it, the ice cream man and the story <laughs> A wonderful story. I, when you told me it was about the ice cream man, I didn't put two and two together that this would be a short film about the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful story, and it has so much packed into it around this ice cream man who ended up just... His arrest, this ice cream man, ended up becoming the first anti-Nazi protest because of his arrest. And I, there's so much packed into this film. And this short film, The Ice Cream Man, we have the writer and director, Rob Mugnot, with us. Rob, welcome back to First Day. Thanks a lot. All right. This has become... You brought... Let's just start from the beginning. When you were searching for ice cream places to, to hold this story, how did that search for an ice cream parlor go? Well, as I'd said, I said, we, we had transferred to the Netherlands. Um, um, my wife is a U.S. diplomat, and so we were here, and I was just searching in Amsterdam, searching in The Hague for ice cream parlors that looked the same way that they did back in 1941, and I couldn't find any here. I couldn't find any in Europe at all. And then I started looking in New York and Los Angeles, and most of the ones that I could find there were all like 50s diner, which was wrong for what I had in mind. And so I just Googled ice cream parlor 1900 because I knew I needed something that kind of was originated in in the early 1900s and the Haricot's ice cream parlor and museum in Columbus, Indiana was the first thing that popped up and I looked at the pictures online and was immediately just blown away with because it was exactly what was in my head so I literally picked up the telephone and um, after I found out who the owner was and cold called his office in Columbus and his assistant Carol picked up the phone and I said, hi, you don't know me. My name's Rob. Um, I'm writing a movie about the Holocaust. <laughs> and uh, I'm entering this contest. And I probably won't win. But if I win the contest, can I come to Indiana and shoot in your ice cream parlor for free? And Carol went, well. Oh, no. That's a good um, start. <laughs> but then she, to her you know, eternal credit, she took it to her boss, Tony Moravec, um, who owns uh, a pharmaceuticals manufacturing uh, packaging company down in Columbus. And he also owns a Haricos. Um, he bought it from the family years ago and renovated it, um, spent millions of dollars turning it into this perfect you know, palace of, of sugar and cream. Um, and it's amazing. If, if you all have never been down there, I strongly, highly urge everyone to go. It's, it's a fantastic place. Um, and so Tony read the script, called me back, asked me a few questions. And then not only um, did he give me the ice cream parlor for free, 
Um, but he donated fifty thousand dollars to the project. Oh wow! Uh, wow, that was a surprise. Com- yeah, it completely put us on the map. Um, it led to other people in the community, um, in some cases, matching his 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 generosity wow. um, oh or finding other things. When I shot, I was living in the upstairs apartment over a donor's garage and driving their car around for free, oh. which made this all possible. The community buy-in. Um, in Columbus and, and the surrounding areas was, was, was off the charts. We could not have made the movie without um, those fine people. And, um, and it, I think it all started with Tony. Um, Tony was an amazing person. He tragically passed away last year um, on election day. Um, he had a massive heart attack. Um, and um, I had spoken with him just a few hours before he died. Um, and I had spent a week in Columbus um, scouting locations and getting to know him. And we became really um, quickly very close. Um, He was just an extraordinary person. Um, And his loss reverberated through the community. And when it happened, I was kind of afraid that the movie was over. But he had done so much work behind the scenes, um, telling people about the project, telling them that they were going to be involved, even if they didn't know that they were going to be involved. And as a result, we, we managed to pull this thing off. And, um, and um, you know, we, all of us that knew Tony and, and the, the people on the crew now that, that didn't, we, were, we completely dedicate this, this project to him and his memory because in a lot of ways, he was very much like, a very, very much like what Ernst Kahn was reported to be like. Um, the two were, were both very passionate, um, both very socially active, um, and both just loved life. Um, you, could, you could see it on their faces. So, and ice cream. Um, and ice cream. And ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That is, so when can we see this film? When, when it's, I know you just got done shooting. When will we be able to see it and where will we be able to see it? So we, we have to shoot a few more scenes, um, hopefully here in the Netherlands. Um, um, we're still raising money to, to, to accomplish that. Um, and then there's post-production. However, there's, um, the, the goal is to um, have our world premiere um, either in Columbus or Indianapolis, hopefully in July. Um, um, that's all I can say about that um, for now, but that's, that's kind of our target date. And if it's not July, for, for any reason we can't get it done in time, um, we'll, it'll be soon thereafter. If and people want to if people want to help you, Robert, uh, how, you say you're still fundraising. How can they help? How can we help? Oh, well, you know, movies are expensive, um, and we're making a very, very big short film. Um, you know, period costumes, mm-hmm. period sets, um, Nazis everywhere. Um, so, um, <laughs> what a sense of humor. Um, so I, I, we, we're, we're still looking for donations, um, um, and you can donate by going to theicecreamman.movie, um, and there's a link there that will take you um, to a page, all donations are hundred percent tax um, deductible as allowed by law because we have a fiscal sponsorship agreement with film independent. So if you go to the ice cream man dot movie, not dot com, um, as I said, there's a link there and, um, every little bit helps that said, if anybody knows Jim Ursay, please call him and tell him to call me. <laughs> okay. That seems simple <laughs> enough. I think he's listening. Jim Ursay is the guy. So. That's the, our go-to guy when we need money. That's the guy. Okay, good. <laughs> well, Celebrating Indianapolis, also, yes. 
not for not for nothing. Um, Jim found out when I believe when he was about fourteen years old that his family, his heritage was Jewish. Um, so really? there's a, there's a lot of people that um, have that kind of personal tie to this particular story. Yeah. But I think if you think about what's going on in the world right now, if you look at Ukraine, um, if you look at the rise of fascism and and how people are treating other people, um, this is a story that I think is universal whether you're Jewish or not. Um, Indeed. I agree. Absolutely. Rob, you have been so fantastic. I'm so happy we got to keep you for a moment. That's the Ice Cream Man, the short film. And again, they were the winner of the Emerging Emerging Filmmaker Award. Be sure to look for that. Again, the Ice Cream Man dot movie to figure out all of the information about that and more. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob, so much. We're going to head into the newsroom. Today's top stories are coming up next with Fox News. 93 WIBC. It's